0: Yes, that music means one thing. It's Friday and it's film time. Niall O'Brien is here with us. How are you doing, Niall? I'm quite well. How are you? Oh, sure good. Sure good. Not too bad. That's it. The you, sun you, is shining. you heard me there in the last uh, link there just talking about Hugh Foley recreating film scenes. I th- I, listen, I think we could give Hugh Foley a run for his money. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah well I'm sure we probably could I've not seen them but I'm definitely going to check them out yeah well you.
0: to be fair he is quite good but um, you nice. know we, we have to, we have some time at our hands as well I'm sure, I'm sure true, we, we could true. do this you know anyway for today we are going to quiz listeners in our segment who's that talking now
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got one today. It's quite a short one, but I think people will get it. Uh, this is a well-known actor, as you know, the voice, and we want the voice of the actor, or the name of the actor, I should say. And what he's talking about is, of course, a lot of us are involved in Zoom conference calls mm-hmm. or Zoom calls. So he's talking about the background that he has in his Zoom call. Me, I go for just a beige wall.
0: Yes. Yeah, keep it simple.
1: around everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, you know some people go, "Oh, I've got to get my best piece of art behind me. I've got to get a, a bookcase full of very intelligent books here." So this is what he goes for.
0: Okay, here he is, and we want listeners to guess, please. 086180658. Who is this actor?: Here I am, the fireplace behind me, and the, the, the uh, mantel and the, you know the, all the couple of books and the, you know blah blah blah. Blah blah, I love it. Yeah, Listen, you can get true. that. It's it's he's very. Let's just say he's in a lot of films, a lot of movies. <laughs> he has a lot of movies to his
1: credit.
0: Okay, if they if they're getting stuck, we'll we'll go back and we'll give clues and all the rest of it. Um, okay, so getting down to it, um, interesting viewing for myself. Uh, this week, which was the Amanda Knox documentary. Had you watched it as well, or had you seen it before? Uh, I-
1: I hadn't seen it before but I did watch it just to a little solidarity with you. Yeah, yeah it, it was, uh, look, I
0: one of these people who is always kind of fascinated around Amanda Knox and the murder of Meredith Kutcher. I, de- I remember the court case, you know, I remember it happening in 2007 and seeing the images of her and Raffaello. Is it Silesio CTO or how do I pronounce his second name? I him? think
1: it's Silesio. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, and uh, outside, the, you know, the image that everyone remembers is the two of them kissing outside, you know, the house where Meredith had just been discovered brutally murdered, and it was one of these ones where you're kind of going, what what's going on with these two? Like they just weren't acting the way one would act if you just discovered that your 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 friend had been murdered in this fashion. Um, and this is the image that has haunted them, I think, really throughout their lives. So for people, uh, you know, essentially what the the documentary is, it is very much their story but also the press's story and also the prosecution story. So this is got all angles here and I think if you're looking for more answers on this story, you'll def. it's a bit it's quite enlightening a lot of the stuff that, that has come out from this. So filmmakers Rod Blackhurst and Brian McGinn they um get to the core of the murder case that gripped the world. They've been working on this since 2011 so I don't know if you could call it a labour of love but it was definitely a labour that is for sure and definitely you know a kind of a wanting to get the whole picture out there and after an awful lot of wooing the director's finally got Amanda and Raffaello and the key players to sit down and talk to them so they were charged, Amanda Knox and her boyfriend, Raphaella were charged uh, and found guilty of the murder, of murdered Kutcher, Kutcher in 2008. So that was a year and a half, I think, after the murder was committed. They were sentenced to 26 years in jail and a man called Rudy uh, Guede, I think is his second name, he was found guilty as well for his part. And I think he is still in jail, but is nearly, is he nearly released or he could be, I don't know. He was 30 years anyway in jail. Now, he was a drifter known for stealing and petty crime in the area. And that is very much the picture that was painted in the media. He didn't get a huge lot of focus at all. But in this you discover that um, yes he was a petty thief he hadn't killed before but there was so much of his DNA around that crime scene that it was you know crazy that it was sort of brushed under the carpet in a lot of ways in the media particularly. The media very much focused on Amanda Knox or Foxy Knox as she was known. She was very much portrayed as this Fam fatale character who lured Raphael into this crime this kind of strange ritual maybe satanic ritual sex game gone wrong all of this was kind of uh, put around her but in this you very much see Amanda speaking for the first time in her own words and we have a clip here it's a little teaser from it and I think uh, you can get an idea of how bluntly and how sort of I suppose honest and cold in a lot of ways as well that she is about uh, what happened to her so here's a little teaser for you did you kill Meredith Kircher no
1: were you there that night no do you know anything you have not told police no Italians are calling this the trial of the decade we weren't best friends but I was so shocked by what happened to her Their friends were telling us how Amanda had been behaving, performing cartwheels and kissing each other. This does not look like grief. I mean, who behaves like that? Of course she did it, she's mad. That's everyone's nightmare. Either I'm a psychopath,
0: in sheep's clothing, or I am you. So there you get a little idea there into kind of how she sounds and everything you know I mean like she cuts quite a lonely finger figure at the start of this film you know herself and Raffaello are clearly traumatised you know still by what happened to them um, you know you get an insight into their relationship like I didn't realise they'd actually only known each other a couple of days when the murder happened but they were in a very intense young love kind of relationship um, one of the really things interesting things about this as well is you get an insight into how the Italian police made an absolute bags of the situation from day one they bungled their way into the crime scene they contaminated evidence and they made crazy and wild assumptions about what happened and they kind of forced well not even kind of they forced a confession out of Amanda without a lawyer or her parents present and uh, all this is really revealed in it as well and um the the other side of it as well is the media and you have the rather repulsive Nick Pisa from the Daily Mail uh, and you really he's just the definition of a hack in my View. he's in it for the juicy story he doesn't really care if there's much truth to it he's going to run with it and this is kind of what uh, you get in in the film as well all in all for me yeah definitely um was quite illuminating but you know it's obviously not going to answer the question that we all want to know is did they definitely do it that's not going to be answered it's definitely leaving you with your own assumptions that's still very much a mystery but for me it was uh quite gripping
1: yeah, I, I was gripped as well, and I'm not a big fan of true crime documentaries or things like that. Um, definitely, the um, as much as it was interesting to hear Amanda talk in her own words, mm. the Nick Pisa a journalist that you're talking about, and the way that his attitude, and he was quite unapologetic about it. Oh, God, he,
0: yeah, he just, yeah.
1: This is the way that, that the media works, you know, was a bit of an eye-opener, I think think. And then as well, I don't know if it was the prosecutor or the detective who, like, he introduced himself by saying, I'm a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. And he Mm. just kind of went, oh, great. I'm I'm a great detective. And I think because she acted this way, then that means that she's she's guilty. You know? Yeah, it
0: was a a good insight into him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 no, he definitely so he what he would you give as a- uh,
0: yeah, it's kind of it's a for me, I think it's a, maybe a three star. I mean, like, it, don't get me wrong, it's it, like there's some fantastic footage as well of Perugia in Italy with, with gorgeous yeah. scenery and everything, um, in it as well. For me, like, it was it was interesting to, to see obviously Amanda's side of the story. Um, yes, it was illuminating and all the rest of it, but I think yeah, I, I don't know. I've mixed kind of because I'm just I think I think my judgment of Amanda is still quite mixed, and maybe that's my judgment of the film coming across there. I yeah, still don't know yeah. what to make of her. Do you know? She doesn't come across well, she, she entirely she looks- sympathetic either really, like in this, you know?
1: no but I mean you wonder like do we have expectations about people and you know they they have normal ways that they're supposed to act in these and Mm. there's a lot of people now who are on the spectrum who and you wonder I'm not saying that she is but just because they don't conform to the way that we think that they should act does that mean that they're they're automatically guilty you
0: know so. yeah and that that definitely crossed my mind as well but uh, yeah it's a solid documentary and definitely if you're into your true crime you really well enjoy it that, that is for sure uh, so you were looking at a spooky one
1: Yes, under the shadow from 2016, the same year as the Amanda Knox documentary, and this is actually it's a British film, but it's set in uh, it's set in Iran during the Iran Iraq War, mm-hmm. uh, post revolutionary Tehran, 1988 to be exact, uh, and it follows a former medical student called Shadia who is barred from resuming her studies because she was involved in a student leftist group basically Um, and her husband who's a doctor is called up for military service in the war so she remains in their apartment building with their daughter their young daughter who i think is about six or seven called dorsa and the building is hit by a missile and it, it gets lodged it's a dud but it gets lodged in the top floor of the building and various things happen happened but a superstitious neighbor starts to suggest that the missile was a cursed it was cursed basically mm. and might be carry, carrying a malevolent middle eastern spirit called a jinn. and um sheda is initially skeptical but gradually she becomes convinced that there is a supernatural force that's uh, in the building and it has malevolent intentions towards her daughter specifically mm. so um i hadn't heard of this film because uh i don't often see foreign language movies I guess I'm not as adverse to horror movies as you are Mm. um, but I am so glad I got a chance to see it Uh, this is a really really good horror movie Um, the first half of this film is more character drama it focuses on the lead character Shida um, who is you're, you're kind of conflicted about her you want to like her because she's in this horrific regime, you know what I mean, for women especially. Yeah. Um. And uh, she has this these uh, leaning. She wants uh, to make things better for herself and for other women, but she's not easy to like as well.
0: Oh right, because, okay.
1: Uh, well, it's just she's quite stubborn. She's mm. quite sullen as well. Um. But everything in her life is is really on top of her. You know, she's got a, a petty landlord who doesn't like that she drives a car. She's been, as I say, she's been neglected from uh, or she's been rejected from returning to her medical studies because of her political uh, leanings. Um, these air raids are happening the whole time so everybody has to go down into the cellar and these some of these neighbours, they don't like her because mm-hmm. of those leanings, you know. Um, she has this, this the one of the really lovely touches I thought was they have this VCR that they've smuggled in from somewhere and it's a secret, you know what I mean? They can't let anybody know about it because if they do, it'll be taken away. And she does Jane Fonda's workout on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like one of I her love prized that. possessions. Yeah. I love but that. It, and and you know, her her daughter Dorsa can watch um uh, you know, entertainment on mm. it as well, but it's got to be kept a secret, you know. Okay. Um
0: So what are we giving this one in terms of rating? Oh, this
1: is absolutely a five star film. Wow.
0: Hang on now. Let's make note of the date. On the 8th of May, (laughs) uh, 2020, Niall gave a film five stars. Okay. That's fantastic.
1: I mean, it's really anchored around the performances from uh, Shida and uh, that's an actress called Narjas Rashidi and um, her daughter Dorsa called Avon Manshadi. There's a lot of movies that are a little bit like this and mm. they, they it does take, um, you know, inspiration from films like The Babadook and things like that. Um, we talked about the Irish movie uh, The Hole in the Ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- I think... This has a lot of themes in common with that as well, Okay. Um, but it's an amazing insight into what it was like for a woman to live in Tehran in 1988 and it's also a fantastic horror film.
0: Okay, so Under the Shadow getting the thumbs up. Now very quickly we have some TV movie of the week for those who don't have Netflix.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I've picked two here. They're both on on Saturday night and you can actually catch them both Um, I will start with the early one which is on BBC at half uh, seven on Saturday night it's the darkest hour which people will remember was the World War 2 biopic if you like of Winston Churchill with Gary Oldman playing the part
0: playing a blinder yeah he's great in it
1: yeah yeah, he got the Best Actor Oscar for that and then when that's over if you want something a little lighter on R.T.E. Hampstead uh, which is on at uh, quarter to ten 9.45 and that stars Diane Keaton and Brendan Gleeson and it's based on a true story about a character called Harry Hollows who uh, had lived rough on Hampstead Heath for so long oh, yes. that he actually managed to get a little piece of it or get ownership of a little piece of it uh, for himself. And it also, I think, has a little kind of golden years romantic entanglement. Oh,
0: very good. No, that's a good one. Great casting there as well. Uh, yeah, just for, yeah. for for everybody that um, entered, and we have lots, we'll just play our little Who's That Talking now again. Hang on. Here I am, the fireplace behind me and... The, the, the uh, mantle and, the, you know, the, all the couple of books and, the, you know, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's Robert De Niro, of course. Thanks yeah, to everybody who, in, who entered. Lots of you getting it right. That was a good one. Uh, listen, Nile. thank you as always for another jam-packed Real Reviews. You're very welcome. See you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.